This is Pete. Before we start the show, I just wanted to give a quick shameless plug for my debut novel entitled Frankenstein A Life Beyond. It's the first direct sequel to Mary Shelley's classic and follows Ernest Frankenstein, the sole survivor of the original book. Like mystery, adventure, romance, horror, then this is the ebook for you. Check it out today on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and my website, EnceladusLiterary.com. That's E N C E. L-A-D-U-S literary.com. Thanks. Now on with the show. Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a show where we look at anything in this world and arrogantly say how we'd fix it. And I can prove it with my usual flawless logic. These two idiots. <laughs> we give our thoughts on movies and TV shows that should or should not have been. Dr. Oman, please pick up, pick up. It's Martin Blank. I'm, I'm standing where my uh, living room was, and it's not here because my house is gone, and it's an ultimart. You can never go home again, Oatman. But I guess you can shop there. With your host, Pete. What have you been doing with your life? Uh, professional killer. Good for you, it's a growth industry. Okay. Good seeing you again. Mm. And Greg. People joke about the horrible things that they don't do. They don't do them, it's absurd. When I left, I joined the army, and when I took the service exam, my psych profile fit a certain... Moral flexibility would be the only way to describe it. I was loaned out to a CIA-sponsored program, and we sort of found each other. That's the way it works. So you, you're a government spook? Yes. I mean, no, I was before, but I'm not now. Uh, but that's all irrelevant, really. The idea of governments, nations, is public relations theory at this point. Don't. I don't want to hear about the theories. I want to hear about the dead people. Explain the dead people. Who do you kill? And we slowly and mercilessly beat our subject to death. We should pretend like we have a normal doctor-patient relationship. I'll ask you a piece of advice. You give me an answer. You know, advice. Should I go to the reunion? Yes, yes. Get out of town. Thank you. Go see some old friends. Have some punch. Visit with what's-her-name? Debbie. Debbie, don't kill anybody for a few days. See what it feels like. I'll give it a shot. No, no, don't give it a shot. Don't shoot anything. Sorry. A tale of pure romance known as Gross Point Blank. <laughs> The love between John Cusack and Dan Aykroyd <laughs> is only matched by the love between Hank Azaria and the, the black guy. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, John Cusack's entire family populates the rest of the cast. <laughs> Everyone except for dear old dad. <laughs> Mitchell, whatever his name is. Okay. So... We are talking about Gross Point Blank, and how are we talking about... Finally! <laughs> well, how are we talking about Gross Point Blank? Well, sequel, reboot, what, what, what do you we're, think? We're going to the buffet table tonight, folks. Well, we'll cover it all, that's right. <laughs> we're going to just try all of these things and see what we like. We're going to just throw whatever we can out of Gross Point to the wall and see what sticks to the... Exactly. ...to the mar that is Detroit. <laughs> well, 
As always, history, gross point blank, for me, is all about being that oddly forgotten film that exists in my top ten favorite movies of all time, where it says, oh, what's your favorite movies of all time? And I can roll and rattle through a list pretty quickly, and then I always forget, oh yeah, gross point blank has got to be in that list, because I just love that movie so much, saw it in college for free, and got the DVD when it came out oh so this is all about you and free movies huh well popcorn <laughs> <laughs> oh you got free popcorn too jeez <laughs> uh i don't even know what that means but uh <laughs> i love gross point blank it is not a flawless film but it is just uh there's something about it that i just love from top to bottom so you go your gross point memories Okay, well, um, actually, I was going to start with a question for you because you can probably check my memory at the door here, so to speak. Wasn't this uh, meant to be a much darker film than what it turned out to be? Oh, and the thunder is <laughs> roaring in just on cue. I think the thunder says that this is a really dark It's film. really dark and ominous. <laughs> I don't know too much about the history of the movie. There really isn't much to go on. There's not a whole lot of backstory. There's not a whole lot of making of. I mean, hell, any of the DVDs or whatever. I mean, they really even updated the DVD, so it's still got an original transfer. So even the picture quality didn't look great. But there's no commentaries. There's no... There's very limited. Uh, I may have made a whole fake history of this movie in my mind. I had this, like, narrative plotted out in my brain that was like oh yeah until john cusack came along this was meant to be a much darker story about this uh trained assassin guy and and then he got on board and said "Eh, let's do something a little more fun and interesting well you know what we created an entire burbs 2 and star wars prequel trilogy out of thin air so i'm going with that i'm going with that backstory okay we are are hindsighting may never have happened people this is new in the world of hindsight we are (laughs) hindsighting what happened outside of the world of the movie so in 1996 john cusack was kidnapped and held in a colombian drug lord's castle (laughs) and forced to read haunted castle and forced to read two screenplays one of them was dracula and one of them was gross point blank and he said which one of these are you going to do and you have to choose or we're going to shoot your sister and he said which sister and they said well i didn't know you had more than one and he said well can they both be in the movie and they said sure and so he flew back the end they made the movie and that's there's our hindsight story for how gross point skip the part where he had to t- choose to take either the blue pill or the red pill and he ended up being the green m&m but oh uh <laughs> <laughs> there's a film for another time <laughs> All right, getting getting back to reality. Oh, we don't need to be in reality. This is Gross Point. Uh, 1997, Gross Point Blank came out to not a whole lot of fanfare. The the facts I do know is that it was not a huge hit by any shape or imagination, but it was a a mild success on home video, I guess. But it, it just was one of those films that seems like it's lost to the history books of late 90s cinema, and yet is just too good to be forgotten. Here's here's a trivia question for you, and it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, but is this the movie that gave us Minnie Driver? Because this is the first movie I ever remember seeing her in. Uh, she was 
Or was she in one of the Bond movies before this? Yes, that was my, uh, without even having the whole, all of our answers are at our fingertips thing that we're completely ignoring right now. Well, yeah, I could make life easy. (laughs) Good Will Hunting was 97, and this was 97. And she was a dancer in one of the Bond movies. Was that, I don't know if it was Goldeneye or if it was. Uh, I want to say it was the next one. So the next one was 97. Not enough. No, that was uh, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies was the one in 97. Was the oh, second. right, 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 right. So she was a dancer in one of those, basically. But outside of the rest of that, I, I don't know what else she she would have done beforehand. Uh, okay. the, I, I'm sure if you look up her IMDb, there's some other oh, yeah. chick flicks that were prior to that, I think. But... As far as I'm concerned, the first time I ever knew of her was Goodwill Hunting, and which seems strange because I think Goodwill Hunting came out after this. But who knows? I, I'm not here for a mini driver <laughs> retrospective. Yeah, it was because, just it was just something that popped into my mind. I mean, you asked me, okay, well, what's your connection with this movie? Honestly, it's it's you. Um, I this I don't think even crossed my radar until you. I think had the DVD of it, and you're like, hey, watch this. It's awesome. And watched it and said, I said, yes. Yes, it is. The and, end. Uh, the end. <laughs> greatest, Thanks for coming, story, folks. See you greatest later. Greatest story ever. Uh, <laughs> and that's how they made Gross Point Blank 2. At 2. Electric Boogaloo. Um, no, but I mean, I, I, I don't even remember this thing coming out, quite honestly. And it's a shame because this is one of those movies that I really wish I had had the opportunity to see on the big screen and um, kind of experienced it in the big theater format and environment and everything because um, I, I really like the characters. I think it's one of those rare films where you get a nice balance between uh, kind of the drama elements and the comedy. Uh, you've got romantic elements kind of sprinkled in there and it's just it's just enjoyable to kind of go along for the ride yeah and i think when i hear the definition or when i hear the phrase dark comedy this is where my brain goes to where i don't go to um oh god what was there was some awful uh Uh, that smoochy movie oh there's that (laughs) But I'm I'm thinking of stuff like uh, I think it was Heather's that Heather's or very bad things is what I was thinking of. Oh, okay. Where it was like a bunch of guys who have a a mishap with a with a hooker on a a bachelor party or something and have to dispose of the body. Just people say, "Oh, that's a dark comedy." I'm like, "Yeah, it's," but it's it gets really dark. Whereas I, when I think of a, a lighter, fair, dark comedy, I think of Gross Point Blank, where the subject matter should be deep and dark, but it is never treated overly seriously. True. It's just never gone below that surface level that you could go with the story of an assassin who goes back to his high school reunion and still is being chased by the government and and murders a bunch of people and... It's just always handled with deft kid gloves to dance around the dark comedy bits while while still diving in a little bit. And the characters remain enjoyable, too. I mean, despite the, again, potential subject matter and where you could go with it, um, 
And that's not to say that they totally kid glove it, but at the same time, it's not like we go uber dark night serious kind of oh with it. It's just fun. Yeah, it's just a fun, exactly. It's just a fun movie to watch. It does not dive into the human condition. It's, yes, it's, and and it's better off for not doing that. Honestly, it, it, it knows what it is and it stays true to itself. And it just it has fun, and it, it's for that perfect time frame of people five years older and five years younger who are all because it's based upon the, the the story for people who wouldn't know and whoever's listening to this podcast who doesn't know the story of Gross Point Blank that's kind of odd, odd to click on this. But anyway. We we still like you. Stay. Sure. Well, <laughs> maybe. We'll, we'll find out. If okay. They, if they give us bad comments, I don't, I don't want to. Well, well. Gross Point say, Blank. Say nice things. Gross Point Blank is a story of Martin Blank played by John Cusack, and he is – a nondescript work for himself hitman assassin he's hired to go do different assassination jobs all by himself and he gets an invitation to his 10-year high school reunion at gross point michigan 10 years 10 10 years boy i wonder what clip's going on this <laughs> episode <laughs> jeremy piven uh-huh. uh so he does go back on the under the guise that he has a uh, a hit he has to do in Gross Point. And then he spends a lot of the time, instead of doing the actual job that he was hired to do in Gross Point, he reconnects with Jeremy Piven, who was a friend of his in high school, and he reconnects with Minnie Driver, who was his girlfriend that he stood up on prom night to go join the Army and then eventually became uh, an assassin. So... And he's always playing around with just flat out telling people when they say, what do you do now, Martin? And he just kind of tells them, well, I'm, I'm a professional, professional killer. Now, like, oh, good for you. It's a growth industry. Like, no one takes him seriously. And then there's a moment of seriousness towards the end when Minnie Driver sees him kill somebody and actually says, wait a minute. You weren't kidding about that. You actually are a professional killer. And Dan Aykroyd is in it as a uh, a competitive like a competitor hitman who's trying to do the same job as him and get him framed by the government and that's where Hank Azaria and another nameless guy come in as two government spooks that are on their trail and and it ultimately ends with uh you know Martin Blank killing everybody and saving the day with Mini Driver and trying to go off and actually find a life outside of being a hitman. And that's where we end up at the end of the movie is that he's saved her and her father and killed Dan Aykroyd and every, and the government spooks and goes on to see if he's, they drive off into the future thinking, can we have a life? So that is the story essentially of gross point blank is a story of the hitman high school reunion who tries to quit being it man and go off and live forever after with mini driver i guess (laughs) if that's what you're into i guess you can go live with mini driver well apparently it didn't work out because she moved to texas to restore churches in hard rain and and then ultimately she tried to be a college student in harvard but couldn't deal with matt damon and so then she, every, everything worked out in an ideal husband. So. 
and ultimately she became a fake somebody in a TV yeah. show that I can't remember. I was going to say, I'm rapidly running out of <laughs> driver references at this point. Done. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's, that's where we come to here. The, uh, the, the, the dark comedy that is gross point blank. And let's just say that we're, we're closing in on 2017, which would be the 20, 20- Year anniversary of Gross Point Blank, which is insane to say out loud as I'm thinking it, because he's at his 10-year high school reunion from the class of 86. So, uh... I feel old. Yeah, this is really starting... <laughs> this conversation's making a dark turn towards making me feel pretty old. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Oh, God. So, <laughs> so, uh... Columbia or uh, TriStar or Touchstone, whoever the hell did this movie, will uh, it's the one that has the Sphinx at the opening, so I think that's Touchstone. They will... Hollywood? So, all right, so yeah, we're really old. So it's 2017, and they come and say, hey, you know, we have this property, gross point blank. I wonder if we could do something with that. Is there something we could do with that? Would we go in and say, hey, let's reboot it, or hey... Let's see what happened to Martin Blank and uh, Minnie Driver's character. <laughs> I, I think actually you're you're missing a key idea here that uh, we have some a real opportunity for synergy. Since we've got a Ghostbusters reboot coming, I think that we need to have the uh, ghost of uh, the Dan Aykroyd character. Grosser? <laughs> yeah, grosser. Uh, come back and haunt them. Oh, uh... Huh? Come on. How many of these supernatural thriller movies has John Cusack been in over the last decade? Come on. I'll play the studio studio executive <laughs> sitting here in the room, and I'm going to contact my secretary and tell her, can you go ahead and ask Mr. Planasek to leave now? <laughs> uh, we, we actually need a real pitch. Oh, okay. Real. <laughs> oh, we could. There could be a prequel. We could do a, a prequel story with... Okay, okay, all right, all right, stay with me here. We redo the plot to Ghost Dad. Bill Cosby comes back and haunts them. (laughs) (laughs) The the fighting ghost between Ghost Dad, Bill Cosby, and Grocer. You gotta look out, he's coming after you. Bang, bang, popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Throw Throw in a little bit of the Frighteners, and I think we got this. This thing writes itself. Grocer still wants to form a union of assassins. He's he's floating around carrying on about union dues. <laughs> we want to get all the famous assassins from movie history that are all dead. And Grocer wants to unionize them in heaven. There you go. And in he the just needs, he he just needs uh, Martin to come <laughs> along, and that that'll it'll be complete. Oh, hey, Aykroyd, you listening? You love your ghost stories, and you can bring your Skullhead vodka on and, and <laughs> whatever you want, and you can be Ghost Grocer. Ghost Grocer. <laughs> Gross point blank to Ghost Grocer. <laughs> the unionization of dead assassins. That's the colon. There you go. It's just a movie about ghost unionizing. <laughs> 
the most, the most insane sequel ever. There's a lot of hauntings that go on up here, and I got to be in charge of the groups that haunt different places. Well, uh, no more blowing up dogs in the Pacific Northwest. Boudreaux. <laughs> So Ghost Grocer forms an assassin <laughs> team of super ghosts to go and fight back against the living. <laughs> See? It writes itself. They're hired by the Grim Reaper to go and kill people. Oh boy, this really is turning into the Frighteners. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and it was only a year off. Uh, oddly enough, yes. That's right. <laughs> We'll just bring it all back. Oh, good lord! So I guess what we're saying is, is we just don't have an idea for gross. Well, like, to okay, be let's left let's alone. let's throw <laughs> let's throw out my insane bullcrap and <laughs> actually try to think of something a little more realistic. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> but grocer. people would probably want to see Ghost Grocer. <laughs> that would be a movie somebody well, would want to see. Like, holy shit! What is this? Ghost well, Grocer? Hell, hell I want to see it. The unionization of dead assassins. <laughs> One of those movies that sounds awesome as a joke, and then somebody actually takes it seriously and goes out and films it. Hey, that's how Tusk got made. Exactly. <laughs> so, Ghost Grocer, the uh, the uh, unionization of dead assassins. All right, aspiring filmmakers, we're counting on you. Uh, we'll just make it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so coming soon. So uh, Martin Blank and um, Minnie Driver, who I'm going to sit here and defy my brain to remember her character's name before I have to look it up on the Internet. Debbie. That's it. That's it. Don't uh, ask me for a last name. Uh, Newberry. Whoa. Debbie Newberry. I'm sitting hey. I, I'm trying to roll the... It's like we're not even sitting in front of computers so we can look this up. I know, but I, my brain remembered it, so I feel so much better. My brain All right. remembered it. All I had to do was think back to the scenes of her doing her disc jockey bits. and. Yeah, I just went to Alan Arkin, so... Debbie Newberry, hey! <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so... All right, well, do we want to talk prequel or sequel or reboot? I think we should go. Dealer's the, choice. What do you I, like? I, I like the ghost grocer idea with coming back to haunt <laughs> Martin and Debbie as they're living 20 years into the future. They have children and Martin's past literally comes back to haunt him. <laughs> and he's got to turn to Alan Arkin for therapy. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm seeing these ghosts. Martin, I told you never to come back to me here. <laughs> No, no, no! I left psychiatry. I went into the priesthood because because uh, I was scared of you. I figured <laughs> that you would not kill a priest. I I don't want to do an exorcism in your house. I I can't do that. No, he's not a priest. He went insane. He's in an insane asylum. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that works too. Martin, I told you I didn't want to ever work with you again, but you kept coming back until the point where I got so scared I ended up killing two people, and now I'm in a mental institution. Well, then why would you be scared of me if you're also a killer? Look, Martin, I don't think you want to be here, all right? Because uh, you fright me, and uh, that makes me do uh, strange things. And I can tell that you, Martin, is... I've been seeing a lot of strange things lately, including uh, <laughs> Ghost Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> <laughs> so Ghost Dan Aykroyd shows up to Dr. Oakman and tries to get him to get 
Martin Blank to help him unionize dead assassins. Otherwise, Martin will be haunted by his past forever. There we go. We can just turn him. We can just turn Alan Arkin's character into Renfield eventually. And his and Martin's past will be exposed to his children unless he helps Grocer unionize the dead. <laughs> <laughs> will there be meetings? Of course. <laughs> No meetings, and then he pulls out a proton pack and shoots, and we go right into Ghostbusters 3. Ooh, Woo! I like this. Does Joan Cusack reprise her role from that second Adams Family movie and come back in some role from that? I certainly hope so. Uh, yeah. Being facetious that no. <laughs> <laughs> she was she was the crazy secretary, so how could she do that? Well... But Amy Cusack could come back because all she was in was one quick scene in a bar with the two of them. So there's plenty of Cusacks to go around. Okay. Well, as long as we can sneak in a few more. Now, watch out for Skip Cusack because he's the bad sheep. (laughs) 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 All right. So Skip Gross Point Blank 2, the prequel story. (laughs) We're doing Ghost Grocer in Heaven, coming back to Haunt Martin Blank. And in his dreams, so Martin has to go to Dr. Oatman, who's now institutionalized himself, and uh, he has to find a way to stop Grocer from unionizing all of the assassins in heaven who will then come down as a mark to kill Debbie and his family. And so he has to uh, do one last job for somebody and... Ends up having to kill Jeremy Piven, who's gone on to become a top Hollywood agent to the stars. <laughs> Renamed himself Ari Gold as a as a witness protection program. So as long as he doesn't use Lloyd as a human shield, we're fine. <laughs> uh, and it, the synergy abounds. Uh huh. <laughs> so. Suddenly, Martin Blank shows up on Ari Gold's doorstep, and he freaks out because he helped him kill some guy in a high school gymnasium 20 years prior. You can blackmail him. So, uh, you, uh, you left Detroit and don't sell cars and and houses anymore, huh? (laughs) (laughs) What is it you do do, Martin? Oh, 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 Ghost Grocer. This is... Uh... <laughs> Sadly, this is actually kind of fun. <laughs> so, this is how Gross Point Blank <laughs> gets pulled into the mire and muck of, <laughs> of silliness that it was never intended. Let's yeah, put... I, don't, I, I don't think this would ever fly anywhere. Let's put it down a road it was never intended to go. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we, we've tried that one. Let's try. Uh, let's try prequel. Is there anything worth going back and revisiting with this for a prequel? Well, honestly, on the Ghost Grocer thing, though, I would like to say <laughs> oh. that, that would be something that you would guarantee get at least twenty people who would want to see it because they would say, "I remember Gross Point Blank. This is about what." <laughs> And suddenly we have at least 20 people who want to see this movie out of sheer curiosity. Like, wait, no, they're not doing this, are they? 
This sounds like the most asinine plot ever. <laughs> and yet, it's very original. <laughs> so, all right. Skipping out of uh, Crazyville and into Let's <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that for a moment. So a prequel to Gross Point Blank. It would have, yeah. to, it would have to focus on younger Martin. So we'd be up against the older Cusack problem that could have easily been solved in the movie Hot Tub Time Machine. And yet there's another one that we can hindsight one very – I can – here, I'll hindsight uh, one very tiny nitpick out of Hot Tub Time Machine. It would have maybe made it a little bit better movie. Okay. John Cusack was in that movie starring as – a guy who they go back in time to the teenage years in the mid eighties, mm-hmm. and the, ma- the movie was made in two thousand and ten, and yet there was no attempt in any scenes where John Cusack looks in the mirror to see his younger self to digitally insert old footage of John Cusack. They had some actor who looked nothing like him. And that would have just made that movie infinitely better if they would have found a way to put old footage of John Cusack into the mirror scenes. Nobody's got B-roll on this guy. Uh, We don't have the rights. You just got thousands and thousands of feet of film of this guy from his teenage years on you could have picked from. (laughs) Why does he suddenly look like Edgar Allan Poe? He just odd <laughs> what yeah it just yeah but there's a nitpick for another day so going back to that we'd have to do the uh here, here's a good reference for you we'd have to do the dumb and dumber uh go prequel harry and met lloyd. harry yeah. met lloyd thing where let's get guys who sort of are like them for some reason and mm-hmm turns into a caricature so barring having a caricature of john cusack and a caricature of dan Aykroyd, well uh, i don't uh, know how uh, you do it hold on bear with me uh you could do the prequel and then you could do a reboot with the same people oh that <clears throat> that doesn't make sense <laughs> you do a prequel and a reboot yeah Okay, so you would just completely reboot it by doing a prequel. Pretty much. Okay, so John Cusack and Dan Aykroyd are out of it. Um, yeah. Okay, so you're talking about just rebooting the whole thing. Not yeah. not getting John Cusack and Minnie Driver together to see where they are now. Well, I mean, we got Ghost Grocer in the, waiting in the wings, so well, <laughs> we're I'd, set I'd say, if we want to go that direction. I'd say Ghost Grocer's in the can and ready to be <laughs> shot. <laughs> a couple of tweaks of the script, and that thing's ready to roll. I want to call. I want Alan Arkin on the phone right now. Uh. So okay, so we've got our total and complete reboot where we go back to Martin Blank in the military, or or maybe when well, he's I don't just know. You quitting could, you the military. Start, you could start with prom night. Yeah, but then you'd have to skip ahead a couple of years and maybe skip through his time in the army to when he then becomes really good at being a sniper. And as he says in the movie, he got good at it and got it developed a taste for it. So at some point, he's going to break out of the army and become a an assassin. So we see kind of the the journey of Martin Blank and. 
it was never really said that he was much of like a suave world traveler. He was just more of like a businessman type thing. Yeah, that's how they portrayed him. I agree. So it would be kind of unique to show this dark assassin guy who's normally a suave James Bond type thing, but exact opposite. He's just kind of a businessman, goes about making his money, goes, does his kills, meets Grocer. Maybe we have a couple of other assassins that he comes across, the the odd world that they discuss in the beginning scenes of Gross Point Blank. Where I think that'd be kind of fun or interesting, yeah. And lead up to the point of his 10-year reunion and maybe show how he got to the point of really starting to lose, get a, you know, lose a taste for it. And where, where is that starting to go away? And well, was there, was there something that triggered that statement or that idea? Well, I, I think they kind of covered that because they talked about when he accidentally blew up the dog mm. and that's why the hit men were after him was because he accidentally blew up that rich guy's dog. So, I don't know if there's any one thing that you could find that would lead right to that moment mm-hmm. and whether or not it's worth a whole movie to see is, is Martin Blank's backstory cool enough to, to see, or are we bumping up something here where this was a good concept that a decent writer was able to say, let's make these characters worthwhile before we go ahead and shoot this decent concept of a hitman going to his 10 year high school reunion. Well, and it may just be that, um, which uh, leads to why ghost grocer needs to happen. <laughs> well, again, like we said, that's in the can. So of course, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um I don't know. I mean, did were there aspects of this story that we didn't see or areas that could be explored with a character like this? I you don't have to stay completely faithful to the source material necessarily. I think you could also get away with doing a, a straight up sequel not a prequel, but a sequel with the same characters in it showing that literal, you know, past coming back to haunt him kind of a thing. Which where, I think would be interesting, yeah. Where people are coming after him and Minnie Driver and they're living on a boat somewhere with a kid or something, which I'm starting to bring in Desmond from Lost last season here, <laughs> the last season of Lost. He's living on a boat with his wife and his kid and avoiding getting killed. Um I mean, you could do something like that, but do you then go, okay, well, what was it like to go to his 20-year high school reunion or his 30-year high school reunion? Or we just skip high school altogether and say he did that already. And see, that's why I I kind of actually like that idea about trying to build a normal life after having such an abnormal one and being haunted by the sins of your past and everything. But is there a movie there? Again, my my mind keeps bumping up against the thought that this was a high concept that some deft writers were able to put in decent characterization to make it really click, whereas somebody else without as good a screenwriting would still have been able to make a movie just based on the concept Hitman goes back to his 10-year high school reunion. And 
would we bump up against the same problem as like Halloween one versus Halloween two? There's no story left. It was meant to be a one-off. I mean, some of these things that we try maybe work and some of them, I mean, there, there's, there's ideas there because the characters worked, but is there enough for a, a full movie that would be worth doing to see John Cusack and Minnie Driver fighting well, does against he, does he Does he drag her down into his world and into his level? I think that would be cool is that to turn it on its ear, they, he tried to have a normal life, and we show them five or ten years later is that she started to get a taste for the business, and now they both work as husband and wife assassins. Yeah, uh, you kind of Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Smith it. A little bit. Yeah. And <laughs> so, and then all of a sudden she accidentally gets pregnant, and then they have to have another one of those moments, another come-to-Jesus moment of, okay, we're doing it again. <laughs> do we <laughs> stop this, or do we just keep doing this forever? Are we doing any good in the world with the people we're killing, and what what are, what are the 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 repercussions there? And maybe Minnie Driver goes to see Doctor Oatman. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we open on that, and he and she starts talking about what she does, and and Wait it's like you, you you married to a guy named Martin. <laughs> exactly, we see as he learns who she is. It's just a normal thing, and all of a sudden we see his responses as as she starts saying. Well, this is what I do, and I actually learned it from my husband. Wait a minute. What's your name? <laughs> <laughs> my name is uh, Debbie Blank. Debbie! <laughs> <laughs> oh. You didn't happen to meet this guy at a, say, high school reunion? <laughs> <laughs> I got to call the authorities now. You're, you're, you're backing me into a corner here. That could be a fun scene to open, and yeah, they they they're, they're assassins together, and she's turned into the lethal Sheba killer with a sting as bad as her bite, or I don't know, something really stupid. And that's how we see them now. And a child would make it a, a new world that they have that, to. That would add a new dynamic, that's for sure. It always does, Jeremy. Piven comes back as Ari Gold slash the uh, <laughs> slash the uh, Godfather. Uh, so, what do you do for a living now, Debbie? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that could work. That, that could work. I actually, I actually really like that. That that would completely lend a new bent to the characters in the story and raise the stakes in a new and interesting way what would bring them back to gross point because we'd have to have that title in there otherwise no one would know what the hell this is i don't know maybe maybe they have been living in sin and they're going back and actually getting married officially there you go or maybe her father died and they have to go back and deal with the the house and Jeremy Piven's still the realtor, only realtor in town. <laughs> the only real realtor they can trust. Ah, that's right. Yeah, I, I like that. It's got some merits to it. I'm not uh, jumping up and down for it. I think there would there would need to be. Well, you'd have to hammer it. it out some more. Yeah, 
But yeah, there's there's some merits there. I, I could see how something could be made. Now, as I'm sitting here talking, I, I'm realizing that or remembering that there was a, a it wasn't really a sequel, but it was almost could have been a sequel made. It was a movie called War Inc. And John Cusack. I remember. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it was not very memorable. I, I for some reason it got a lot of critic good response, but I saw it and I was bored to tears. It was not good. And John Cusack essentially played Martin Blank, mm. and he was a oh God. It's so hard to remember. He he was he was like a black marketeer or something during the Iraq War. And Marisa Tomei was a, a reporter that he had some sort of relationship with. And there was a Russian girl who was played by Hilary Duff, who was like some rich heiress that he had to protect. It was really, it was very odd. It was very awkward. It really, the movie didn't go anywhere. And it just wasn't very good. But I just, I recall that he was essentially playing Martin Blank. And that's odd. It's not too odd because if you think about it, John Cusack's done that a couple of times in his career. Yeah, I'd agree. Where he's done totally different movies, totally different universes, but you're thinking, these are connected. Like, Better Off Dead and One Crazy Summer could basically be part one and part two of his teenage, crazy 80s comedy. And yet he's not playing the same actor. And then throw in, say anything, and you got the triumvirate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did drawings for the first two and then gave up and eventually became a kickboxer. the the alternate history of these characters (laughs) it's just interesting to think about i still think we should go with ghost grocer i think that's the most fun and that would (laughs) get the best best it's definitely the most bug nuts (laughs) (laughs) ghost grocer the assassin's union of death It would uh, it would it would find an audience of just, people just who are curious. You can just see the CGI ghost coming at the screen in the trailers and yelling popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> you just see the ghost grocer take the TV hat off his head that he was killed with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. And you just hear the little uh, creeping up in the trailer. You just hear little acroidisms. Bing bang, bing bang, bing bang, bing bang, bang. popcorn. <laughs> Workers of the Afterworld unite! You you play it off like a trailer for a new paranormal activity movie, and then it just turns out to be that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember Gross Point Blank? Well, don't you're not alone because not many people saw it. (laughs) But here's the most off the wall sequel to Gross Point Blank. Yeah, and if we if if you got nothing else out of this entire conversation, if you have not watched Gross Point Blank before, if you haven't watched it in a while, uh, it is currently available up on Netflix streaming. Exactly. Uh, take advantage of it. Go back, revisit it. Except that I'm pissed again that it still has not been the the video quality has still not been upgraded since oh. that original DVD release. It still looks crappy as hell. It's not HD. I I watched it on Netflix with that intent purpose of like, oh, I've seen this a million times, but I haven't seen it in HD quality since essentially since I saw it in a theater. And, oh, it's still the same old crappy, grainy. All right, fine. We're going to take point on this then. We'll watch the movie, and then we need to launch a campaign. It doesn't matter to who. (laughs) 
this thing put into the best possible film quality we can get. Exactly. There's a market out there for it, damn it. <laughs> well, you can never go home again, Oatman. But I guess I can shop there. Exactly. I think that's a wrap on the uh, the blank of points. Popcorn. Popcorn. You must have done some naughty shit there, Bart. There's a contract out on your life. Believe me, I was hired to kill you. But I'm not going to do it. Because I'm in love with your daughter and you found respect for life. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Episodes can be downloaded on iTunes or at EnceladusLiterary.com. He's either in love with that guy's daughter or he has a newfound respect for life. Opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect those of Enceladus Literary. So you look good. good. Thank you. You may have, uh... Ten years, man! Ten! Where have you been for ten years? I freaked out. Joined the army. Went into business for myself. Professional killer. Oh, does that, do you have to do postgraduate work for that, or can you, can you jump right in? I'm, I'm curious about that. Open market, that's good, wow. Ten years, man! Ten, ten years! Ten years! Ten! Ten years! Ten years! I freaked out, I joined the army. I worked for the government, I went into business with myself. I'm a professional killer. That's what I did! Okay, well, can I join up? Yes! <laughs> okay, but ah!